This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's our weekly fantasy sports podcast with Jeff Erickson of Rotowire. Lots of fantasy drafts going on as we approach Labor Day weekend. I know that's what mine is. I've got one coming up next week as well on Tuesday night. And Jeff, as I look at the big board and how it's developing, I'm wondering from your point of view, how is the preseason shaken up, if at all, the first two or three rounds in your estimation? Is anything jumped out at you that has really adjusted player value in the top, let's say, 24, 25 picks or so? The only major change is Jonathan Taylor. Um, And that's obviously because of his situation, you know, seeking a trade now. Uh, the fact that the Colts granted him permission to seek a trade kind of indicates to me that this is an irreconcilable difference here, that this is a relationship to not be patched up. And there, there are scenarios where Taylor comes out ahead, like say if he goes to Miami, but the longer this goes on, the, the more this obviously drags on his value. You're starting to see him go drop into the third and fourth rounds of drafts now. Uh, you know, the, the, the possibility of him coming back, playing happily for the Colts seems pretty, pretty slim. And, the possibility of teams trading for him, giving the Colts what they want, and paying Taylor what he wants, because you know that that's going to be something that has to do with it too, because he wants to get paid ahead of time. I think kind of wants to jump the line a little bit. Um, that seems pretty slim too. Um, so you know, I you know he's he's a year ahead of where this usually happens with running backs too. So you know, Barkley, you know, Josh Jacobs, they were drafted a year before, so they they kind of was their turn. 
although they didn't get theirs either. So you can kind of see the writing on the wall a little bit, but it's also kind of delaying what happens uh, with him landing elsewhere. So as a result, that's pushing that. But as far as play on the field goes, at least with the top players, no, we haven't had a Jordy Nelson injury, you know, where a guy is lost for the season in camp. We've had very few guys even in the top three rounds really get hurt at all. Uh, Joe Burrow isn't quite top three rounds, but, uh, you know, he he's – probably maybe as close as it gets i'm you know i'm looking at the board and i don't see a whole lot of uh, red on that as far as uh, top top players getting hurt right now cooper cup is one oh, it's just about i was just about to ask you about cup yeah yeah but he's back to practice now so that's a good sign um i i, I kind of i'm kind of low man on cup to be honest uh because two things one I, i'm worried about the uh you know, the, the hammy and, you know, his coming back from that ankle as well. And to the team context, I think the Rams are a very thin team. We're worried a, a little bit about uh, Stafford and his neck. So I'm not, you know, I've seen him go as high as three. I'm just not going to be there for that. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown's another one. Maybe Jalen Waddle's another. Uh, but all of these are like, you know, look like short-term injury situations. None of these look like, you know, okay, he's played his way into a higher area yet. We haven't seen like, oh, my gosh, we really have to take this guy now. And even, like, you know, Bijan Robinson, we were already taking him early. Jeff Erickson with us. Let's get to two Steelers that I'm wondering how high you've seen them rise and how far you've seen them fall. Where is Najee Harris sunk to after so many people seem high on Jalen Warren around here? And how high has George Pickens gotten in drafts that you've seen? You know, for the most part... Um, Harris still remains pretty steady in the third round. Uh, I've seen a, I've even seen him go late second. Sometimes I see him slip to the end of the third, maybe into the fourth, but very rarely. Uh, Pickens, you know, he he's actually remained pretty steady as well. Probably on pick seventy overall. Uh, I actually, I personally prefer to take uh, uh, to take uh, Deontay Johnson ahead of him. I just think the volume's still going to be there with Johnson. I think Johnson's still the superior route runner. Uh, I don't think that skill is dissipated. I think the touchdowns last year, or lack thereof, were, I wouldn't say a fluke, but not necessarily indicative of what's going to happen this year. How about Robinson? You brought him up. I'm not sure if we'll see him on Thursday or not. I have, at the time that we're recording, I haven't seen what's coming out from Atlanta about uh, the starters, who they're going to play, who they're not. Mike Tomlin's intimating that starters will play again for the Steelers, which I disagree with, particularly on defense. But uh, mm-hmm. where, where do you think Robinson will go after a quick glimpse against the Bengals? Um, I think he's a guy that's still going into the first beginning of the second more often than not. The, the Falcons are weird, though. I mean, they're still listing him as third on their depth chart, which just is insane uh, on, on its face. Just, But I think it's a little bit of rookie hazing. You know, maybe early on you see a little bit more Tyler Algier between the tackles and you see Robinson in on third downs in the passing situation. But come on, we all know you spent first, uh, an early first-round pick on B. John Robinson. He's going to play. Uh, and I think, you know, I, I personally, I might take Nick Chubb and – Saquon Barkley ahead of Robinson. I've been kind of evolving th- towards that position a little bit. And that's also just because Nick Chubb and Saquon Barkley are proven commodities. They're, they're excellent, right? So very happy to have both. What about the news surrounding Jacobs from this past week since we last talked? Uh, it seems, you know, it, it, it kind of depends on your filter for Jacobs, right? Uh, you know, the, the report that he's going to be back before the start of the season, um, 
that's always what it's been. That's what the Vegas beat writers have been telling us all along, really. Because let's face it, Jacobs has no leverage. Uh, it's just a question of, you know, Josh McDaniel wants to see him get some some practice time. Um, there was a report today t- from Tom Pelissero saying the Raiders aren't showing any interest in trading him. He hasn't signed his tender. They haven't reached anything. There hasn't been a Barkley sort of deal there for him, a one-year deal even, uh, to let him save some face a little bit. As far as I know, I haven't seen that. I don't know if they're behind the scenes they're working on that, but you know, he's still expected to report the team before the season opener. But you know, we'll see. Um, I I think he goes still in the second, beginning third. I mean, there's two things with Jacobs. He was excellent last year. There's no doubt about that. He was he was fantastic. Um, he even caught a lot of passes, 53 passes last year. Uh, best player from scrimmage last year, over 2,000 yards from scrimmage. So how can you not like that? Um, he was playing for that contract last year, though. So any sort of talk about him like, oh, this is a contract year again. Well, he did and didn't get rewarded. So I don't understand why that would be a motivator this year necessarily. I think, if anything, he's kind of learned, like, I'm not going to play through injury. I'm not going to push through if I'm not going to get rewarded, which he clearly wasn't. What did you take away from how you saw Debo with the catch-and-run stuff from Purdy? You think there's going to be a ton of that uh, with Purdy coming back from the elbow injury, particularly early this year for the Niners? Sure. I mean, I think we saw George Kittle really benefit from Purdy, too, last year. So those are the two players I'd look to see it maybe uh, be be a pretty – would would probably benefit the most. Now, I'm a little wary of Debo, I, I at least at, at cost. Um, I, yesterday I was in a draft in the middle of the third round and the, the triumvirate of Metcalf and, and, and T Higgins, um, and I'm trying to remember the third, third receiver, but there's a, like a teardrop basically at wide receiver. Uh, and those guys all went immediately before me and before my pick. So, oh, Ridley was the other, uh, and I was, I was really hoping to get one of those three and none of them were available. And I didn't want to take the next receiver on the board, which was Debo. I didn't really want to take Keenan Allen there. So kind of found a, a different way to pivot around that went with Mark Andrews. So it's kind of, and I felt like I was chasing receiver a little bit later, but I also feel like I've got an elite tight end there. And it's just point is there's a draft pocket there. And Debo's one of those guys where if he had fallen to me in the same, in the middle of the fourth, where I would have been drafting next, I would have happily taken him. I didn't feel good about him in the middle of the third though. Who are the elite tight ends? Who do you put that tag on? Uh, I think you can put obviously Kelsey. He's in his own tier. Then Andrews for me is two. Some people have Hawkinson too. I could see it. Some people have Waller right there. And some people have Kittle, uh, all those kind of in that grouping. And I think there's a little drop off to the next group, which would be Goddard and Pitts. I was going to ask you about Pitts next. Do you have hope for him? Um, boosting his totals this year? I mean, how, how do you think that's going to go with the pass game for the Falcons and Ritter at quarterback? You know, I, I got to think that, first of all, that, I mean, they got to use him more than they did last year, right? Uh, they, they just, they have to. Uh, that said, it's the Arthur Smith offense, and there's just the target's going to be lower there in Atlanta than they're going to be other things. The, the flip side of that argument, though, is it's a very narrow tree in Atlanta. I mean, as far as pass catchers go, you've got Drake London, You've got Pitts. You've got Jonu Smith. Don't don't forget about Jonu Smith, who played with Smith and, and played played for Arthur Smith in uh, yeah. Tennessee. Yeah. Uh, and then you've got Patterson, Algier, and Bijan catching passes too. But they're you know you know I, you know have, here's a fun little bar bet. See how many people can name three receivers on the Falcons. It, it's really <laughs> difficult to do so. No, uh, I, I get it. And maybe the what I should have done is kind of dovetailed one thought with the other. But it, if Bijan does become the guy, then you know, since they do run the ball a ton, what does that do for Patterson and Algier? 
Um, I mean, it, it can't, you know, it, I think Algier is still draftable, still even playable in a bye week uh, scenario there, maybe as a flex. Uh, I think they're going to run so much, and they like him as a little bit as a closer. I think they love him as a between-the-tackles guy. He's going to get his. He might even steal some goal-line carries from Bichon. Uh, Patterson's obviously a wild card. They can use him a lot of different ways. He's listed as a running back, but he can also line up out wide. By the way, you know, answer to the trivia question. I don't want to leave people hanging. Matt oh, Collins, sorry. Scotty Miller, <laughs> uh, Kaderil Hodge. The, uh, J.J. Well, Hodge is hurt now, right? He's got an ankle um, that he suffered on Friday against the Bengals. And then Penny Hart's another guy that's got a concussion. But it's it's a cast of lesser knowns, lesser realized. They really do like Matt Collins. We had Josh Kendall on from the Athletic uh, covers the Falcons because we were doing the team preview on them this week, and he, they said they really do like Collins quite a bit. But what does that mean? You know, because there's just not as many targets to go around. Jeff, what about baseball? As we wind down here, we're getting into full football season now, but uh, baseball still, you know, for everybody who's playing through their seasons, very much top of mind. What I couldn't believe yesterday, I, I guess it is a sign of the times now that the Pirates can beat Adam Wainwright. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately for Wainwright, everybody's taking their, you know, pound of flesh uh, in on him this year uh, as he tries to chase uh, the milestone wins. Uh, just it hasn't worked out for him this year, and that's been kind of the story of the Cardinal season. Is the pitching has just been frankly awful all year long, um, and they traded away a lot of that obviously at the deadline. Uh, so they're they're kind of retooling right now. Their offense has still been very good. Um, you know, Libertor just went on the IL, and that's a kind of a tough loss for the the Cardinals. They really wanted to get him some reps this year, this fall, uh, in the, these last two months because you know he's an important part of that rotation going forward, and losing him kind of stinks. Meanwhile, if you're talking about chasing numbers, Andrew McCutcheon now at 299 after home run yesterday against St. Louis. Yeah, uh, he didn't want to get traded at the deadline. Got his wish, got to stay. Uh, yeah, he's putting together a nice little season, under, kind of under the radar from people. What else, baseball-wise, Jeff, are you looking at here as we get into September? So one of the things uh, we're starting to look ahead to, while we're finishing our races, we're also kind of taking a look ahead at like some of the draft strategies. And one of the interesting things is, Closers have been remarkably stable this year. Uh, and, you know, you know sometimes, I mean, we've seen in, in the last couple of seasons that closers have been pushed up uh, in part because of the perceived instability, but that hasn't been the case this year. Alexis Diaz has got a ton of saves. Uh, Camila Duvall has been a huge windfall for people. You know, Bednar didn't get traded, and he's been pretty much used as a, as a typical closer when given the chance. Uh, all these guys have kind of paid off. Seawald's another guy that paid off handsomely if you waited on closers. Um, and you, it's because usually you can count on a lot of decent number of saves coming into the league. Uh, that didn't really happen this year. Uh, so, you know, the question is, how do we react to this? Is this is this just a, a one-off, or is this something that we can kind of count on going forward? How does that affect our, our draft strategy for next year? It's been, it's been an interesting talking point this week. Jeff, what can people find at Rotowire this week? Baseball or football or otherwise? Now, obviously, it's it's high. It's big time draft season. I've got a ton of drafts. Uh, two, you know, couple that couple this week. Uh, another big one over the weekend, uh, and then next week is just going to be just chock full. So we're you know constant updates of our rankings, our projections, player news. Obviously, a lot of depth chart news is coming through. Um, as we're we're getting a lot of different angles for you to attack your league. Highly recommend you guys check out the site, rotowire.com slash free. Get a free peek behind the paywall. Uh, hopefully you like it and want to subscribe. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. We'll do it again next week, and we'll get ready for the start of the NFL. Can't wait. Awesome. Thanks, Tim. Jeff Erickson from Rotowire.